Welcome to the Faith Lakeside Podcast. Each week you'll hear another great message that will help you know God and make Him known in your life. Join us each Sunday at 1045 a.m. and throughout the week in small groups to make the most of your learning experiences. Now, sit back, relax with a great cup of coffee and a notebook and enjoy this week's message. Because, of course, in all of our things, we are here to know God and to make him known. And I I know I say it every week, and I hope you don't tune me out when I say it, because this is our mission. This is why we are here as Christians. I've mentioned before in a joking way, but it's deadly serious in some ways. If God's desire was for us just to be saved and then be in his presence, that was the only thing that we did, he would take us the moment we made a profession of faith. There'd be like lightning strikes every Sunday people walk the aisle because that would certainly be much simpler wouldn't it but that is not his plan for us his desire for us is both to know him and to continue in this life to make him known in all of our works in all of our ways and behaviors that we look more christ-like and share the good news of the gospel and so that's why we're here that's why we listen to sermons it's why we come to bible studies it's why we come to sunday bible school and youth group it's why we go and volunteer. It's why we give and do and serve. And we've been looking at these last few weeks how to be a Christian. And it seems like it should be something that's very easy for us to understand. And even those of us who've been Christians for many years need to be reminded how to be a Christian. A quick, quick survey. Who here has been a Christian for more than 10 years? Um, how, about, how about more than 20 years? I got to do the math and real quick. Okay, uh, more than more than thirty years. See, look, and uh, forty years. Yeah, I'm I'm out. Uh, it's because uh, uh, I'm one of those guys. My testimony is kind of weird. I I like did a lot of praying and walking the aisle because I was scared of hell. But it wasn't until I was 15 that I genuinely trusted Jesus as my Lord and Savior and turned my life over to Him. So so, but we see all of us. In fact, many of us we've been Christians for a long time. But what happens is we get lazy and we fall away from practices and we we remember the grace of God, but we forget His desires for us to grow and mature in our faith. And so how to be a Christian is not just for somebody who's brand new in the faith, but it's a great reminder for all of us, no matter how many years we've been walking with Jesus. And it starts with, of course, remembering, well, what is a Christian? And a Christian is a disciple who has submitted their whole life to Jesus, who is a learner, who who has uh, put Jesus Christ first in every area of their life. Because even if you don't declare it, the truth is Jesus is Lord. And because he is Lord, you should make the choice to recognize him as Lord in every part of your life. And we're called to pursue a life of purity and separate ourselves from sin, to make sin a a thing that is no longer prominent in who we are. We're, We're made and called to have a regular devotional time where we sit at the feet of Jesus and learn from him, from his word and his teachings, and also pray regularly like he did following 
His example of getting alone and spending time with the Father in prayer. We've learned that we are supposed to have a desire to learn and apply the word of God into our lives. Understanding that this Bible, it is the primary source of authority for us when it comes to life and godliness. It doesn't matter how great a pastor or preacher or teacher is. It doesn't matter how, how trustworthy they are or prophetic they seem. That this is the source and the standard for our Christian life. And if they contradict this, if they go outside of this, they are untrue and yet God's word remains true and we should long to learn it and apply it. And then we we have what we're going to talk about today. We we, we talked about uh, God's word. Today we're going to talk about our, our megaphone, our call to proclaim the good news of the gospel. Because like I said, we're here to know God and make him known. And a lot of us, we're really good at the knowing God part. We, we know that we're saved. We know that, that it's exciting to learn, to dive into the word, to mature as a Christian, but we struggle with the making him known part. But the, the, one of the last things that Jesus tells his disciples in Matthew is to go and make disciples of all nations. Now, what's interesting is I was doing some study on this this one verse, I got really hung up on it because our translation, it says, go therefore and make disciples. And we tend to think of this as a, we go and we make a product. Like we get to go and check off of our list some people who we led to the Lord because, you know, we coerced them. We made them cry, told them how terrible they were and that they were going to hell. And now they've trusted Jesus and it's all done. But really what this verse says, when we look at it in the original language is to go out and disciple all the nations. Now you might go, well, that's the same thing. No, it's hugely different. One, the, this version says to make disciples and we think of products, we think of check marks, we think of, I shared my faith and it's all good. But in the original language, it says to go and disciple all the nations. We're not looking to produce something. We're going into a process with people of sharing our life as we share in the life of Christ. And so it takes some some work. It takes some belonging to them. But it also takes some confidence on our part to begin the process. You see, the first thing that we're supposed to do in order to make a disciple is to tell them about Jesus. The first thing we do in discipling someone is to tell them about Jesus. And Jesus says this to the disciples, and and it's for us as well. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. A lot of us tend to think of discipling someone. We think of it, it, it starts with, I got to be really well trained and I got to know all my answers. And I can't go and talk to somebody else about Jesus till I know every possible question they might ask and the right answer to it. That we think that we are not equipped, we're not ready, we're not good enough to go share the good news of Jesus with someone else. But Jesus says, first of all, that the Holy Spirit will be our power in this. But second of all, it's as simple as witnessing. Now, we've also made this a Christianized thing, but, but witnessing is as simple as this. How many of you guys have ever tried a new restaurant and recommended it to your friends? 
Anybody? Uh, so don't lie. All of you have eaten out. Come on. Uh, you, you, maybe you just need to go try a new place. That's your challenge for this week. Go to a different restaurant for the first time in your life. Um, but, but we go different places. Anybody on, on Yelp? Right? I'm on Yelp. When I want to have some place to go to eat something good and different, I go to Yelp. And what is Yelp? Yelp, and it's just people witnessing to the, their experience at a restaurant. And you know what? It's now all on one app, and I go there, and I count it as something meaningful and authoritative. I make choices based on someone else's witness regarding a restaurant. You have encouraged your friends maybe to go to a restaurant, to, to try this product. I, could, I just tried this new shampoo. That's why my hair is so full and, and just got so much body and volume. And, and I, you should try it too. I'm on, I'm on social media. You guys are too. I've got friends recommending products to me. Sign up, belong, take this, do this, join me here, go there. We witness to things all the time and yet we fail many times to witness regarding our relationship with Jesus Christ witnessing is not going out to someone and having all of the answers and being able to ask or answer every question you know well what about the shroud of Turin do you think that that's actually Jesus burial cloth I don't convince me no, no, let me tell you, it doesn't matter about the Shroud of Turin. Let me tell you about Jesus, the dude who really lived, died, and rose again on your behalf. We're here not to be able to answer every question, but just to give a witness to people. To say, have you tried Jesus? Because I have, and he's amazing. If we're willing to, to tell other people about the shampoo we use and the restaurants we go to, shouldn't we be all the more willing to tell them about the Savior who rescued us from sin and destruction? Here's, here's what it is, though, is discipling the nations, making a difference in people's lives, leading them to Jesus. It starts with evangelism. We must be evangelizing people. And evangelism is just simply telling the good news. Being a witness for Jesus. Being willing to tell someone, I'm a Christian. I mean, that, that's the first step. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about what he means to me. Let me tell you about how he's changed my life. Let me tell you about how good he is. I have tasted and know that he is good. So this is our point for today. This is our, our learning moment for the day, what we're focusing on. A Christian has a heart for evangelism, gives his testimony or her testimony clearly, and presents the gospel regularly with increasing skill. A Christian should be someone who gives their testimony because they have a heart for other people to come to know Jesus Christ. And you're willing and able to give your testimony, the story about you and Jesus clearly to witness to how good he is and then to share the gospel as regularly as you have opportunity to. And hopefully you get better at it over time. Now, you might wonder, well, what are, the, what are the qualifications for somebody who is evangelizing? Now, I'm going to use the word evangelizer instead of evangelist. Because when I say the word evangelist, who do you think of? 
Billy Graham. Everybody, Billy Graham, Billy Sunday. They're one of the Billies, right? One of the great Billies of history. And, and we would say, as soon as I say the word evangelist, what do you think about yourself when it comes to being an evangelist? Well, I couldn't do that. I couldn't stand up in front of crowds. I couldn't, I couldn't lead thousands of people to Jesus all at one time. But if I use the word evangelizer, I want you to hear it. It's someone who does evangelism is an evangelizer. It's a practice. It's a regular thing. It's not a, a high calling. It's not a stand in front of millions of people. It is something all of us should be on a regular basis, an evangelizer. So what are the qualifications of an evangelizer? What are the qualifications? And you might wonder, well, I bet they're pretty strict, aren't they? I, I bet that there's this, this list of things I need to accomplish as a Christian before I'm an evangelizer. Now, I, I'm going to point out a couple of people who were strong evangelizers, and you might discount yourself, but we'll need to remember who they are. If we just were to look at Acts chapter 3, we're going to turn to Acts chapter 4 and read some of it. But in, in Acts chapter 3, we're, we, we, we meet again a couple of guys, Peter and and John. And Peter and John, of course, they had walked with Jesus for three years. They had, they had seen the risen Christ. They knew Jesus. They had met with him and been personal, close disciples of Jesus. But we also have to remember their history. Anybody remember what Peter and John did for a living before meeting Jesus and coming to know him as Lord and Savior? They were fishermen. Now, fishermen were, were pretty good guys as far as they, they would have been through some basic uh, training in synagogue school and stuff. They would have been able to read the Bible in, in Hebrew likely or at least memorized portions of it. They, they would have not been idiots by any means. But they also were not the elites of their town. They were the guys who went out early in the morning or overnight and they fished and they came in every morning and brought in the fish and they probably smelled funny and they worked on nets and they weren't known necessarily as the most astute of dudes. But here are two fishermen who've been walking with Jesus. They know him. He is their savior. And what do they do? Well, they come into the temple and they are, they're getting ready to come and worship and spend time with other believers. And they see a lame man. And most of us know what they say, right? Uh, he's begging for, for coin. And they say, what? Silver and gold have I none, but what I have, I give you freely. You know, and, and we all, we all remember that from some play we've seen of Jesus, right? And what do they give the man? Healing in Jesus' name. And, and it causes an uproar. But, but what's exciting is that the Jewish people who are in the temple that day, they hear the gospel who are witness, that's witness to them. And that's all Peter and John do. They, they are not giving some great, deep, heady theological discourse. They're not even doing something as, as deep as we would do in teaching Sunday school. They are simply telling the crowd about Jesus. They are witnessing what they've seen. They, they are sharing the truth about what they've seen and experienced and who they know Jesus to be. And so we get into chapter 4. 
verses 1 through 13. So chapter 4, starting in verse 1, while they were speaking to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple police, and the Sadducees confronted them because they were annoyed that they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. So they seized them and took them into custody until the next day, since it was already evening. And then verse 4 tells us what's happened because of their simple testimony. They've just been telling the story of Jesus. And it says this, But many of those who heard the message believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. Now, we're not sure if this 5,000 is cumulative. It's in addition to the 3,000 who were saved just prior to this in Acts chapter 2. But regardless of whether this is just a cumulative count of the growth of the church up to this point, or it is all in one day, what we understand is people were saved and came to believe on Jesus Christ Not because Peter and John were eloquent, not because they had all the answers, not because they were able to trace all of the religious history, but simply because they gave a testimony. They witnessed what they knew about Jesus and people got saved. Now... As this unfolds, we see that they get called in before the rulers. They've been taken custody, held overnight. The next day, they're before the rulers. And and we see a promise that Jesus makes coming true. Because Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 10, verses 19 and 20. He says, but when they hand you over, don't worry about how or what you are to speak. For you will be given what to say at that hour. Because it isn't you speaking, but the spirit of your father is speaking through you. We see Peter and John, they're dragged before the religious authorities, the authorities of their day who could exclude them from from their culture completely and essentially make them outcasts. And they're being judged for their witness of Jesus. And and Jesus has said, you're going to be handed over to authorities. And when you're in front of them, don't worry, I'll give you the words. Now, Peter and John, they begin to speak and and they're gathered before all of of these these men. And then verse 8, it says this. Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today about a good deed done to a disabled man, by what means he was healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel, but that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing here before you healthy. Verse 11, this Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. And then in verse 12, he says this, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. What's their witness? What's their testimony? It is simply, you want to know what's going on here? Jesus. We know who he is. We know what he came for. And we know that only in him can anyone find salvation. That's what it is to witness. That's what it is to be an evangelizer. is simply to share the story of Jesus in your life. The story of what he's done for you and done for everyone who would believe on him.
Now here are the qualifications that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders saw in those men that day. When they observed the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus. What what are the qualifications of someone to be an evangelizer in scripture here? To be completely uneducated and untrained. How many of you guys are qualified? Yes, me too. We're all uneducated and untrained in so many ways. And guess what? The one big qualifier though that makes all the difference is that they had been with Jesus. And so I, I... I have one question for you. When you say, I'm not ready, I can't, I don't know how, are you uneducated? Are you untrained? Okay, you're, you're two-thirds of the way there. But the real question is, have you been with Jesus? Have you met Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you turned your life over to him? Have you professed him as your king, your master? Are you following after him in discipleship? Are you seeking to learn from him daily and pray to the father as he did? Are you wanting to be like Jesus? You are completely qualified to be an evangelizer. Because God, by his power, by his grace, by his love for us, will use people like us by the power of the Holy Spirit to share the good news of the gospel with everyone who will listen. And what do you have to know? What do you have to be prepared to share? Well, not much. Just your story when it comes to being with Jesus. So what's the right time and place for evangelizing? What's the right time and place to be an evangelizer? If we look a little bit later in Acts chapter 5, verse 42, it says, Every day in the temple and in various homes, they continued teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. When is the right time to be an evangelizer? When is it the right time to be evangelizing? Every day, everywhere. There is no wrong time to be sharing your faith with Jesus Christ. Now, listen, I am not telling you to go into work and to be some sort of crazed, wacko, uh, you know, person who gets yourself fired. Well, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But what I am saying is everywhere you go every day, look for places and ways and times to share your faith. Now, I'm going to say, for every finger I would point your direction, there are at least six pointing back at me when it comes to evangelism. I have this this deep-seated uncomfortableness with bringing up spiritual things with people who haven't asked me about them. And and, and maybe you're the same way. And I I pray to God so often, just open doors for me. Help help somebody else to ask me a question that gives me an opportunity. Because I'm not good at going out and saying, have you considered Jesus Christ? Man, I struggle with that. I've got friends, though, you know, they go to Starbucks and, and they order their coffee and then they're praying with the barista by the time that we're done because they, they have taken them through the whole of the gospel. There's like tears, salted caramel in their macchiato, but by the salt is tears, you know, and, and, and they're just, it, it, they, the, the, the barista is just ready to repent and come to church and be a missionary because these, these men and women are so powerful. And then there's me. I'm just like, Thanks for the coffee. 
right? And, and I struggle, so I, I get it. But, but listen, if all of us are so afraid to be witnesses that we never share Jesus, then there are people who will die and go to hell because we were the ones who were meant to be sharing the good news of the gospel with them. And, and I'm, I'm working so hard to change my perspective from just people walking down the street to like C.S. Lewis mentions in his testimony to seeing individuals as souls destined for either heaven or hell. And that I am called to play a role in helping adjust their eternal destination toward eternal life. And so are you. The qualification of an evangelizer is the uneducated and the untrained who've been with Jesus. The right time and place for evangelizing is every day and everywhere. So how do we testify? How do we witness? Listen, you can use a tract, and I'm going to have tracts and tools available for you. I'm going to talk about a couple of little things. But first, the, the number one way that you can share your faith is to be able to tell your own story as it relates to Jesus Christ. Francis Cosgrove Jr. of the Navigators says this, we cannot effectively communicate the gospel to others unless we share with them what Jesus Christ has done in our own life. And and, and really what he's saying is, if you don't understand your own need for the gospel and what it's done for you, how can you understand other people's need for the gospel and what Jesus can do for them? And so to revisit and to earnestly look at your own life and say, who was I before salvation? How did I meet Jesus? When did I make a profession of faith? When did I decide to submit to him as Lord and Savior? And then to look over the course of your Christian life and say, how have I grown and changed since then? We have this modeled to us in the, the, the Bible. First of all, we're, we're commanded to in First uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 15. Where so, but in your hearts regard Christ as holy. So in your heart... Know who you are in Christ Jesus, but then be ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Be ready to talk about your Christianity. Be ready to talk about your Savior. Be prepared to share your story. And we can, we can follow Paul, the Apostle Paul, and his lead in evangelizing someone. If we were look in Acts chapter 26... I encourage you to open up your Bible if you want to see how the Apostle Paul witnesses regarding his relationship with Jesus. And here's what he does. Acts chapter 26, starting in verse 4. And just to give you some context, Paul is, he's arrested, under arrest right now. He's in captivity. He is before King Agrippa, who was a Herod. Most of you might not know this, but there was Herod the Great, and then there were other Herods who came after him, who were kings installed by the Roman government over the area of Judea, and they were kind of this half-breed Jew uh, king, and, and, but they had absolute authority in many ways, so long as they sent their tax money up to Rome. And, and so Paul, he is arrested, and he's in captivity, and he's giving his testimony to Agrippa. And, and here's what he says in verse 4. All the Jews know my way of life 
from my youth, which was spent from the beginning among my own people and in Jerusalem. They've known me for a long time, if they are willing to testify, that according to the strictest sect of our religion, I lived as a Pharisee. And now I stand on trial because of the hope in what God promised to our ancestors. The promise our 12 tribes hope to reach as they earnestly serve him night and day. King Agrippa, I am being accused by the Jews because of this hope. Why do any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? In fact, I myself was convinced that it was necessary to do many things in opposition to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. I actually did this in Jerusalem, and I locked up many of the saints in prison, since I had received authority for that from the chief priests. When they were put to death, I was in agreement against them. In all the synagogues, I often punished them and tried to make them blaspheme. Since I was terribly enraged at them, I pursued them even to foreign cities." So we we see Paul begin his testimony to Agrippa. He begins to witness regarding Christ. And you might go, wait, that doesn't sound very convincing. He's saying, essentially, I was a really good Jew and I hated Christians. What a great beginning to his testimony, right? Well, what he's doing here is he's talking about his life before Jesus, His life before he personally met Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And all of us have a story about our life before Jesus. Some of us, our stories are sensational. (laughs) A number of Christians have been caught uh, kind of padding out their testimony, their, their witness. Talking about, you know, well, I lived under a bridge and I was a drug addict and a Satanist and we cut off people's fingers and ate them and, and, then, and, 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 and then I got saved and then people do the research. It's like, no, you grew up in a Christian home in the Midwest and you never even had a girlfriend in high school. You know, and, and, and you find out that, that people want these amazing testimonies. And some of us have amazing testimonies about how terrible we were and then we met Jesus. But even if your testimony is, I was pretty normal, I didn't do anything weird, I, di- I used dip once and got so sick to my stomach, I never did it again, I never drank in high school, I never smoked in high school, I tried to lose my virginity, but was always unsuccessful. Uh, you know, I mean, we, we, we have these, these stories, these testimonies, and some of them are grand, and some of them, like mine, are just boring. And, and yet, all of them reflect who we were before we met Jesus. And it's so critically important that when you look at your life before Jesus, that you don't discount either how terrible you were or how much God preserved you from and kept you from. Because both are beautiful testimonies of the love of God and how he set you up to meet Jesus one day. Now, the Apostle Paul goes on in chapter 26 in verses 12 and following after telling of his life before Jesus. And he says this, I was traveling to Damascus under these circumstances with authority and a commission from the chief priests. King Agrippa, while on the road at midday, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun shining around me and those traveling with me. We all fell to the ground and I heard a voice speaking to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, Why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. I asked, who are you, Lord? And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. But get up and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. 
I will rescue you from your people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God and that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a share among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So Paul says, he's got this amazing story of the day he met Jesus. And he says, he saw the risen Christ personally right before him who condemned him for the persecution towards his people and said, now I'm going to save you. And the very people you've been persecuting, I'm going to send you out to make more of them. And not just amongst the Jews, but amongst the Gentiles. So Paul's got this amazing conversion story. Some of us have conversion stories that are phenomenal. I was at the, in the gutter, and it was terrible, and then God rescued me, and Jesus appeared to me as a light, and I never wanted to do anything wrong again, and I was radically saved at that moment. And some of us have testimonies that are pretty bland. I went to church my whole life. I prayed the prayer a lot of times because I was scared of hell, but I don't know that I was ever really saved. And then one time at camp, I finally understood not only did Jesus want to save me from hell, but he wanted to be lowered and king of my life and give me life eternal now and forevermore. And that's when I met Jesus for real. And that sounds pretty boring and bland, but that's what happened to me. And all of us have a story, whether grand and shining lights and handwriting on the wall and voices in the night, or just I walked the aisle one day in a small church after they sang 39 uh, verses of just as I am, and now I know that Jesus is Lord of my life. Everybody, your story of meeting Jesus matters. And all of our stories are different, but they have a common thread. One day... I understood my need for a savior and then Jesus saved me. And that is the common thread for all of us. And we have to be ready to share that story, to tell that story. Now, this is how the apostle Paul finishes his testimony before Agrippa. Verse 19, so then King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Instead, I preached to those in Damascus first and to those in Jerusalem and in all the region of Judea and to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works worthy of repentance. For this reason, the Jews seized me in the temple and they were trying to kill me. To this very day, I have had help from God and I stand and testify to both small and great, saying nothing other than what the prophets and Moses said would take place, that the Messiah would suffer and that as the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light to our people and to the Gentiles. So Paul talks about his life before Jesus and then he talks about how he met Jesus and then he talks about how he has seen things happen and change in his life since he submitted himself to Jesus. He says to Agrippa, not only did I preach to the people right near me, but I went different places into different things. I've been persecuted. I've been chased after, but God kept me. And he gives the story of what God has done in his life since the day of salvation. And all of us have a story. If we are maturing as believers, as we should be, we have grown from the day we were saved until today. And we need to be ready to tell people what God has done in our life. And once again, some of us, it's grand. I never wanted to smoke again. I never wanted to drink again. I never wanted to curse again. I never wanted to look at that again. And others of us, it's like, well, I know I'm saved and I'm getting a little better every day. Both stories 
are worthwhile and valuable and bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ and help people to understand why they too should want to pursue Jesus as Lord and Savior. So your life before Jesus, how you met Jesus, and your life since Jesus. Now, if you're looking at yourself and you say, I'm a Christian, but I I don't know that I have this, then I'm going to challenge you with a thought that maybe you understand the gospel. Maybe you've been walking like a Christian for a long time, but you've never met Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And today could be the day where you change your story, add to your story from just life before Jesus to how you met Jesus. That today could be the day where your testimony increases and you have a new part to add how you met Jesus today because you understood some things. You understood that you were a sinner. You had rebelled against God in your choices and actions and words. And you deserve the punishment of eternal death and the wrath of God. But that God loves you so much He sent his only begotten son, Jesus, fully God and fully man, able to pay the price for sin and do it in the right currency, who lived a perfect and sinless life and then died on the cross as the substitute for you. He, on the cross, took your place, took your punishment, paid the price for your sin, absorbed on your behalf the wrath of God and the death that you deserve was buried and then on the third day rose again to say and prove to you and everyone who would seek honestly that he can forgive you for sin and give you eternal life today. And if you understand that for the first time and are willing to make a a choice to choose Jesus and, and submit to him as your Lord, your Savior who keeps you from sin and your Lord who is king of your life, then you can add to your testimony today how you met Jesus. For everyone else, here is your evangelizer checklist. In Romans 10, 19 through 20, it says this. But when they, had, when they hand you over, or excuse me, Matthew 10, 19 and 20. But when they hand you over, don't worry about how or what you are to speak. For you will be given what to say at that hour. Because it isn't you speaking, but the spirit of your father is speaking through you. The first thing that we need to understand is that we have been given, according to Jesus in Acts 1.8, according to his promises to his disciples, we have been given the power to be witnesses it's not our own strength that gets us through it it is the power of God within us and so the first thing you need in your toolbox the first thing you need to understand is that you have a paraclete and you're like what I don't have a pair of cleats I don't play soccer anymore I can't even run down the field without huffing and puffing now paraclete is the technical word for the Holy Spirit and it simply means helper You have a helper. When you're like, I want to evangelize. I just don't know how. I I want to share Jesus. I'm just so scared. It's not buckle down and do it more. It is so, Holy Spirit, give me the strength to do this. Holy Spirit, give me the words. Be my helper. Because I can't do this on my own. The first thing you need in your toolbox as an evangelizer is the paraclete. Second, 
preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and teaching. Be ready to preach and share your testimony and witness for Jesus Christ in season and out of season. Now, what does that mean? When it's convenient or it's inconvenient. When it's easy, when it's difficult. When it's something that comes naturally and it's something you have really got to submit to the power of the Holy Spirit to have happen in your life. Be ready to preach the word. So that means you need to prepare. You need the paraclete and then you need to prepare. Now you wonder why, you know why I use paraclete, right? It would have been easier to say helper, but I needed alliteration because there's just enough Baptist in me to want alliteration from time to time. Your evangelizer checklist, you have the paraclete and you need to prepare. How do we prepare? I've been trying to prepare you. I've been trying to give you tools. Number one, we've got these great cards that share the gospel. You can walk through them and the, the verses on them with someone. And from beginning to end, from creation to eternal life and the decision they need to make, you can share the good news of Jesus Christ and give testimony and witness toward him using one of these cards. Stack of them up here. Second thing you can do. I, I, I bought these, got these made. Uh, these are gospel wristbands. And you might wonder, well, what is the gospel? Oops, you don't pull them that hard. <laughs> but the gospel, the gospel, it's an acronym. God, our sins paying everyone life. And you can wear the wristband so that you are prepared to share the gospel with someone. There's cards to remind you exactly what each thing means. God created us to be with him. Our sins separate us from God. Sins cannot be removed by good deeds. Paying the price for our sins, Jesus died and rose again. Everyone who trusts in Jesus alone has eternal life. Life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. All of us, if we wear a wristband, take a card, can be ready to share the gospel. God, our sins paying everyone life. And then if you share the good news of Jesus with somebody and want to give them the bracelet or they pray the prayer with you, they pray for, for salvation with you, you can give them this and say, now, now remember, oh, and come to church with me too. Remember this decision you made and, 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 tr- and, and come to church with me. The other thing you can do, the other way you can be prepared is just be ready to share your own testimony. Your life before Jesus, how you met Jesus, and then your life since Jesus. And just tell people, Jesus is amazing. Let me tell you how he's changed my life. Be prepared to share your te- personal testimony. So we have evangelizer checklist. We've got paraclete. We've got prepare. And then the next thing is, is we need to pray. Acts chapter 4, verses 29 and 30. It continues the story of Paul, not Paul, but Peter and John and the other disciples who were in Jerusalem sharing the good news of Jesus at that time. And and here's what, what goes down. This is their prayer. And now, Lord, consider their threats, talking about the religious leaders, and grant that your servants may speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand for healing. And signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They make this prayer. Help 
us to not worry about them, but instead to be filled by the power so that we can talk about Jesus. And here's what happens immediately. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly. Why? Because they prayed. Because they understood they had a helper, the paraclete. Because they were prepared. They were ready to share their testimony regarding Jesus. And then finally, when you know you have a helper, when you've prepared, when you've prayed, the only thing left to do is to go out and preach the word. Start talking about Jesus when you have opportunity. Uh, and, And once again... This, this message, this, this reminder, this admonition is as much for me as it is for anybody here. Start sharing Jesus every time you have a, an opportunity. So the evangelizer checklist, paraclete, prepare, pray, and go ahead and start preaching. Because we're called to this. We're made for this. The reason we are still here after trusting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior is because he wants to use us to grow the kingdom and reach others. Like I mentioned earlier, it would be so much easier. It would be, if if God just wanted us in heaven, he just wanted us to be done with eternal life and not to share the gospel, he would just take us the moment we're saved. Wouldn't that make more sense? Oh, it'd be so much easier. But that's not what he wants. He has us here so that we can keep sharing the good news and be evangelizers and begin others in the process of discipleship. So evangelism, when should you do evangelism? Well, you should do it. Those of you who are qualified, who's qualified? The untrained and the uneducated. It's us who've been with Jesus. When do you, should we be doing evangelism? All the time and everywhere. Every opportunity we have, we shouldn't discount any opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Start with your story. Celebrate your story. Know your story. Be ready to tell your story. If you're doing the devotional this week, that will be one of the central components of the devotional time this week is write down your story so that you're ready to share it. And then finally, trust God, realizing you have a helper, the paraclete. Prepare. Know what tools you're going to use. Know how to tell your story. Spend time in prayer. Lord God, give me opportunity. Help me to speak what they need to hear. Open the door so that that they might be saved. Use me. And then do the preaching. Go out and share. Evangelize. Grow the kingdom by faithful proclamation of the word of Jesus Christ. So the Christian... The Christian will have a heart for evangelism. Have a heart for evangelism. Will give their testimony clearly and present the gospel regularly with increasing skill. And that's the call, that's the, the, the reason we're here is to evangelize, to share, and to get better and better at sharing the gospel so more and more people might come to know Jesus Christ. This morning, as we wrap up our time together, I want to ask you, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you know today is the day you need to do that, would you 
find a family member, a friend, somebody you trust, one of the Sunday school teachers, one of the elders, Don or Steve, and just ask, what, what do I need to do? Talk me through this. Help me make this next step so that I have a story about meeting Jesus. And the rest of you, as we spend time in prayer, as we spend time in worship, submit yourself to the power of the paraclete. Prepare your testimony. Prepare to share the gospel. Pray about who God would have you share the gospel with next. And then get up and start preaching. Get up and start proclaiming it. It's what we are here for. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this time. We thank you so much that you love us so much that you did not leave us dead. You did not leave us abandoned or broken or alone, but instead you sent your son, Jesus, the second person of the Godhead. You sent him so that he might come and and put on flesh, God in flesh, fully God and fully man. And he lived a perfect and sinless life and died for our sins and rose again on the third day to prove who he is and, and that all that he said he can do, he will do for those who would believe on him. May we be so confident in the truth of this gospel, this good news, that we would recommend it to everyone more than we would recommend hair care products or restaurants or products for weight loss or car or computers, that we would be so convinced of the goodness of your gospel, Lord Jesus, and what you've done for us, that we would begin to witness to the world around us and give testimony to the effectiveness of submission to you as Lord and Savior. May we be consumed with your good news and see the world around us so full of lost and dying people as a place where we can speak up and make a difference for your kingdom. May we be genuine Christians who pursue you fully and declare you as often as we have possible uh, opportunity. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen.